Hello, greetings, of course, good day, mate, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Comic Thoughts Podcast. I am Connor, and as always, I am joined by Sam. Sam? Ashraf? Guys! They're not here. Is this a solo episode? I think it's a solo episode. Well, okay. Hi. Uh, welcome, all of you, to the Comic Thoughts podcast, uh, hosted by me and me and also me and only me, uh, because this week uh, Sam is already in Melbourne. Uh, Ashraf is busy and i'm also quite busy uh and so it really came down to uh trying to figure out if whether or not me and ashraf could like line up our schedules and we couldn't so it was decided that today i'll be taking you guys on my own so hi this is what you get today uh and of course like you know we're releasing this on december 3rd 1st december 1st 1st december no december 1st over fur. Thank you very much. Uh, December 1st, it's the beginning of the holiday season. Unless you work in retail, in which case the holiday season started like three months ago, essentially. But anyway, the point is, it's the beginning of the holiday season. And here on Comic Thoughts, we like to talk about our comics and about our movies, about our shows, about our Marvel. And there was, in fact, a holiday-themed Marvel product that came out just last week. That's right. I'm going to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh, So for those who haven't seen it yet, one, if you've got Disney+, Plus, go watch it. It's only 45 minutes of your time. Realistically, not that much at all. Less than a movie. About the same length as like most shows that you probably already binge watch. It's shorter than most Comic Thoughts episodes. Go out. Go watch it. I'll, I'll even give you a moment. Go, you know, pause the video right now. Go, 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 and welcome back. Now that you've seen that, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? Forty-five minutes of pure Marvel joy, of pure James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy flavored Christmas-themed joy. It was fantastic. I loved every moment of this Christmas special, and I suddenly want Marvel to do this every single year. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Starting with just <sighs> this 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 special opens up with like an animation. Like it starts with like an animated portion of the the, the special. And there are several scenes that are animated in this art style that is like equally good and kind of not good at the same time. I don't know what to describe it as like, it's, it's, it's kind of off. Maybe I'm just not used to the art style myself. Uh, no, no insult to any artist who did it because it still looks good, but also kind of not at the same time. I can't explain it. Point is we opened up on like this animated thing with the guardian special where it's young Peter Quill 
and he's trying to explain to Kraglin what Christmas is, and Yondu comes in and just, you know, ruins all this Christmas stuff and says, I hate Christmas, and it's all sentimental stuff, and it's horrible. Uh, and then um, <laughs> we cut to live action where all the Guardians, are, you know, uh, Kraglin, Nebula, Drax, and Mantis are all just chilling going like, so yeah, that's the story of how Yondu uh, ruined Christmas. And from there, it just just goes like the, this. This special does not stop with just being this fun, ridiculous ride. Um, Drax and Mantis hatch a plan to try and save Christmas for Peter, uh, and quite immediately, we are dropped one of the biggest bombshells in this special. Uh, Mantis is Peter's sister. Ego is her dad. Like. It was always implied in Guardians 2. I think outright said, actually, that Ego found Mantis as an egg. Like, just found her. But, like, this goes as far as to say that, like, no, no, no. Like, like Ego is her dad. Like, she is his daughter, therefore Quill's sister, but has kept that secret from Peter because she doesn't want to bring back bad memories about Ego, which is fair. Uh... But also, it ha- it does drive her to be like supportive of Peter in moments like this. And Drax and her have a special connection, so she's like, "Drax, you and I should go to Earth and get an awesome present for Peter. We should get something cool." And Drax is like, "What about someone?" And I love this. I love how it's Drax's idea to go kidnap Kevin Bacon on the broken idea that he is some kind of grand hero who saved. The, like the day through dancing like this 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 brings back all these things who I'm like Guardians 1 Guardians 2 like already this is is built you know the, the re- one of the reasons that Peter is is probably so sad is because of the loss of Gamora uh, and all the stuff he's dealing with, with with that so like this is really built into you know pulling in elements from all the past Guardian stuff so while this is like a, a self-contained Christmas story in a way, it fits perfectly well within the, the story of the Guardians and the MCU as a whole. It's great. I love it. Uh, for, for, for that alone, just the way it sort of can, it slots in nicely like a puzzle piece, just gently sliding in elegantly, softly, no friction, all just right there. It's fantastic. Uh, and that, this special does it really well. Uh, of just feeling like it's just another part of the MCU's overall uh, experience, I want to call it. Uh, in this opening scene, <laughs> we're also introduced to the newest member of our of Guardians team, Cosmos. 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 Yeah, Cosmos. It's Cosmos, not Cosmos. For some reason, I was like, no, it's it's Cosmo. It's like... Like, it is Cosmos. And for some reason, I was thinking, no, it's Cosmo. It's Cosmo the Space Dog. Why am I saying Cosmos? Where's Cosmos from? Cosmos is a Transformer. Oh, wow, I feel like an idiot. Cosmo. Cosmo. For some reason, I was like, no, Cosmo's wrong, because I'm pretty sure that's one of the fairly odd parents. Anyway, so Cosmo, we're introduced to Cosmo, uh, the 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 space dog. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Russian space dog, like one of the dogs that like Russia shot into space uh, during the whole Cold War thing that they had going on the you know the race to the moon and all that 
all that jargon. Um, we meet Cosmos finally, and Cosmos is Cosmo. I'm gonna keep saying Cosmos accidentally. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Cosmo is so cute. It's a he's a it's adorable. I'm pretty sure in this Cosmo is a girl. I mean, so there's a there's a there's a voice that they have, like a robotic kind of voice thing. I think it's like part of the suit, um, which is I think you know typical of the comics as well. Uh, and it's a female voice coming out of the suit. I'm confident that it is. Uh, I'm actually just gonna double check voice actor. Cosmo the space dog voice. Uh. No, it's not telling me. Please tell me. Maria Bakalova? Maria Bakalova. I'm going to assume, yep, yeah, a girl. Um, it wasn't a young child, possibly. It's a, it's a girl. Uh, Russian accent, so, you know, that's, that's typical of Cosmo. Uh, you know, Russian space dog. And she's the cutest thing in the world. Like, it, it's adorable. Like, just the little giggles that she does when she's getting treats. Um, just, I love, I love Cosmo in this. Like, Cosmo basically does nothing too plot relevant in this. It's kind of more of just like we're introducing Cosmo and just also dropping that it is a dog that talks, that is Russian in a spacesuit and has telekinesis that is all established in like five seconds of meeting Cosmo. And we're just like, cool because we're introduced through the lens of Cosmo and rocket working on a project together. So we just kind of accept it. Cause it's just another talking animal. Uh, and yeah, Cosmo really doesn't do much to affect the plot. Cosmo is just cute. And there, uh, Oh, we also get the bombshell. The Guardians have like bought nowhere from the Collector. Uh, I'm assuming because the Collector basically has nothing left after Thanos' attack. Two things. One, this really does establish that uh, the Collector is alive. Like, he's still around. Like, uh, you know, he's... There was the kind of questions, at least, I mean, I asked the questions. I don't know how many other people cared. Uh, after Infinity War, did the Collector survive? Because we didn't really see him after all that stuff on Nowhere in Infinity War. Uh, so there was no confirmation if he was dead or alive or not, right? Like, you know, we didn't see a body, so he's probably alive. But, you know, just wanted to be confirmed. It's been confirmed. The Guardians have bought nowhere from the Collector. Uh, now they're running it. I'm assuming Cosmo is now head of security. That's cool. I like that because that's what Cosmo does in the comics. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's going to like affect the plot of Guardians 3, which is good. They've, they've done this thing where they've set up a whole bunch of cool things in this special that are just now going to be status quo in Guardians 3. So you won't need to spend too much time explaining it when we get there. The final thing about this opening scene, we're still on the opening scene. This is like the first five minutes. Uh, is Peter like is walking around doing a whole bunch of management stuff. And he gets pulled 
over by like a group of musicians and they're like, Hey, we just got these earth instruments a little while ago, but we wanted to show you, we, we, you know, we wrote a song about Christmas, uh, but we're not really sure what Christmas is really. Like we only know what we know about Christmas. We got from rocket who got what he knows from about Christmas from Cosmo who got what they know about Christmas from Nebula who got what she knows about Christmas from Craglin, who got what he knows about Christmas from Yondu, who got what he knows about Christmas from you. Not you, Peter. And then they play this song called I Don't Know What Christmas Is, But Christmas Time Is Here. It's on Spotify. It's an actual banger. It's amazing. The, the, the special could have ended right there. Uh, go check it out. The lyrics are fantastic, especially uh, stuff about Mrs. Claus, working the pole, uh, Santa being a master thief. Questions like, what the heck's Eternal Dove? Like, it's fantastic. Uh, it's a total send-up of everything we believe and think about Christmas. Um, in like a like a nice little punk song, I want to call it like a, like a punk rock song. Uh, it's great. We then get to the, we get to the bulk of the plot. Mantis and Drax go to Earth. Drax beats up a GoBot because apparently GoBots killed Drax's fam like cousins. Um, no, no, like I'm pretty sure the quote is GoBots killed Drax's cousins, not robots. GoBots. So like, I need, I need you to know something. All right. Back in the nineteen eighties, Marvel made Transformers. They made the Transformers comics, and I believe it was Sunbow Productions. Yeah, Sunbow that made the cartoon, and Sunbow, I believe, was in partnership or owned by Marvel. And the thing was, uh, there is that famous cover of Transformers number three. I believe it's number three, it'll be number two, but I think it's three. Megatron fighting Spider-Man. Because for the longest time, the Transformers comics were set in the Marvel Universe. They happened in Marvel. So, you know, the Dinobots fought Shockwave in the Savage Land. Spider-Man fought Megatron in a comic. Like, characters that were made in the Marvel comic, like Death's Head, still are in the Marvel Universe. There's Death's Head 2, which is like an evolved form of like Death's Head that exists in the Marvel Universe still. It's like the, the, the Transformers was there at one point. It's no longer canon. Or maybe it is. Maybe they never decanonized the Transformers being a thing. But the idea that GoBots, because GoBots are now technically a part of the Transformers world in a sense. There's a weird rights issue going on with GoBots. This is like a cheeky way to like the tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that Transformers to some extent existed in the 616 comic universe and now to some way I think they're implying that Transformers exist in the 616 Marvel cinematic universe and that's really fun and they do that by having a GoBot show up and having it so canonically Drax's cousins were killed by GoBots I think that's amazing because it's just this little thing whereas being a Transformers fan and knowing knowing what I know about Transformers comics that is fantastic like that's that's brilliant I love everything about that 
Um, also, the the GoBot uh, was Psykill. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that was his name, Psykill. Like the main villain of of GoBots, uh, who has appeared in multiple Transformers comics uh, and sh- stuff in the past. And I just want them to do a Psykill toy from the uh, the Rekka body mold from Studio Series eighty six. It's a thing. Some of you probably don't care or know much about it, but I'm I'm just saying it right now. Hasbro, it's the most obvious retool possible. Psykill from Rekgar, just do it. Anyway. So Drax beats up a GoBot. Mantis makes a bunch of money from getting photos from people who think she's either a cosplayer or recognize Mantis as like potentially from like in the same way people recognize Doctor Strange. Uh people know about this stuff because the universe was changed by what happened in Endgame. So yep. Uh they eventually, they go to a bar, they get drunk. My mum thought the bartender was Sting uh, for a moment because she zoned out for a quick moment and looked back and then saw him for a snippet and heard his voice. I was like, is that Sting? And I'm like, maybe? <laughs> Didn't think so. Uh, but, you know, it turns out it wasn't. But, you know, shout out to you, mum, uh, for not paying attention for just a single second uh, and it completely making you think that there was another celebrity cameo. Uh, they eventually get to Kevin Bacon's house, and this is when Mantis starts showing off how good her powers are, making people do things for her. You know, just grabbing people by the hand and being like, "You will give me all your money." Fantastic. They break into Kevin Bacon's house. Drax falls in love with an elf, which he calls Little Funny Man. Mantis falls in love with a candy cane. They steal those. They break into Kevin Bacon's home. They try to kidnap him. They get into a fight with cops. Drax is getting shot by bullets. By, like Cops are shooting Drax. And he's just laughing, like legitimately laughing. And he's like, that tickles. I'm going to pee my pants. Like he's just, he's just, it's tickling him, literally, which is a severe level of bulletproof. I find that so in like funny. Like he is so bulletproof that they actually tickle. Uh, Mantis gets right up into the action, shows that she knows martial arts, and there's this one wicked scene where she's jumping around like off the walls and stuff, like a like a bug monster. It's wicked. Uh, but she's like taking people down with like martial arts and then calling, getting them to sleep with her powers. And then Drax flips a cop car, and Mantis, and I love this dynamic between them. Drax says or does something really wrong, and Mantis bluntly tells him that he's done something wrong. And Drax kind of just goes along with what she says because of that. I think, like, I think there's this great dynamic where Drax doesn't understand a lot of things the way that we understand it because of you know the culture he's had and you know the way he's been raised and everything. Uh, and so he'll do something or say something he probably shouldn't in most contexts, and Mantis will just unforgivingly be really intense and be like, no, stop it. Like there's this one joke about these Zarg nuts that Mantis ate and he, Drax keeps bringing up that she ate the Zarg nuts and she's just like, stop bringing up the Zarg nuts. Like just like that. Stop bringing up the Zarg nuts. And he does. It helps that Pom Clementif, is that how I pronounce her last name? Uh, Mantis is actress. Pom Clementif. I'm going to go with Clementif. I'm sorry if that's not how I pronounce your name. If you're for some reason watching this, thank you. You want to come on an episode? 
we I would love God viewership would go up, but also it'd be lovely just to talk to you because you seem like a lovely person. Anyway, point is, Pom is amazing in this, and there's just that 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 the, the way she completely shifts the way she talks and the tone in her voice when she yells at Drax is fantastic, and I think they developed this great dynamic where he actually listens to her because she's not being snarky or not being weird or not making any analogies. She's just straight up telling her, no, that's wrong. And even sometimes, you know, kind of here's why when Drax flips the car, she's like, Drax, you can't just kill people to which Drax's response is actually kind of fair where he's like, if no one tells me the rules, how am I know I'm breaking them? Where it's like, I mean, fair enough. Like I think every fight he's had on or with or around earthlings, he's had to kill. Like, I'm pretty sure most times Drax has been killing in fights. So, like, if this is the one time he's not meant to. No one told him. You don't feel like you have to, but it also makes sense that he feels like he should have been told. Great. Love it. Perfect. Uh, they get to Kevin Bacon. Get him on the ship. Find out he's an actor. Like, they finally, the penny drops, and they're like, wait, you're an actor? And then both Mantis and Drax have the same reaction, that actors are repugnant and horrible and had to be demonized. And Mantis is like trying to use her powers to convince Kevin Bacon to be like, Kevin Bacon, you have to act like you're a real hero. And Kevin Bacon's like, all right, I'm a, I'm a private fighting the Nazis. And then she's like, no, 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 just use your normal voice. And then he's like, hi, I'm, I'm a Batman. No, no, wait, I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. And then Drax is like, who's Bruce Wayne? Cheeky James, cheeky, getting that little DC reference in there. After all the news that has come out about your position in DC. Very cheeky. Love it. Keep it up. Uh, you know, and then was just like, just be Kevin Bacon, but not Kevin Bacon who sucks was Mantis's orders through her mind powers to Kevin Bacon. And they do all this lovely setup with lights everywhere and fake snow. Peter is like walking through this being like shocked that they've done all this for him. And then they roll out a present for him and the present starts moving. And Peter, Peter sees this present. And it's like, wait, what? No. He gets like this look at his face like, no. I figured out they've done something. Goes to open this present. Kevin Bacon jumps out. Peter's like, what did you guys do? And he's trying to be like, guys, this isn't a present. This is human trafficking. And Drax goes, yeah. And is so happy about that. And Peter's like, it's wrong. We gotta let him go home. We found out that one of the ships is called the Bowie now, by the way, as in David Bowie. Like that. Uh approve of that one hundred percent. You know, it's like the Milano. Like it's like it all makes sense. Uh maybe we already knew that, but I'm pretty sure I feel like we didn't. I feel like we didn't know that. So I'm gonna assume we didn't. The first time I think I've heard this. I usually know my MCU stuff, so I'm going to assume that I'm right here and that this is new information. Anyway, uh, we're at this point where uh, the one of the funniest moments is Peter's like, we're going to take you back to Earth, all right, Kevin Bacon? Just don't run, okay? You're not going to run? Okay, don't run. And then Peter steps back and then Kevin Bacon runs off. And Silo's just like, Go get Kevin Bacon. And Nebula pulls out a gun and is like, I've got this. Runs off. And Star-Lord just calls out, don't kill him. And all you hear is Nebula in the distance scream out, you can't run from me, Bacon. 
fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Um, they catch him. And then Craglin has a very honest conversation with Kevin Bacon about why that he was kidnapped. And the penny drops that like aliens kidnapped him to try and bring the joy of Christmas to their friend. And he decides, screw it. Screw it. I'm going to stay here for a little while. I'm going to, I'm going to teach him all about Christmas. And, uh, he, uh, the band that played the, I don't know what Christmas time is song. He plays with them and sings with them. Uh, it's cool. Uh, that's awesome. And then everyone starts exchanging gifts Peter gives Groot a, a Game Boy, which Groot is very happy about. Also, Groot is built like a tank in this. Like he's he's older than he was in Endgame. Like he's no longer a you know he's no longer like gangly teenager. He's like a built, powerful looking tree man. I like this. I kind of hope Groot stays a bulky, powerful looking tree man. At period. I just I like the idea of him just being ugh, like all like just thick. <laughs> Um, Groot's also always jamming and like he actually seems incredibly like happy and just excited and enjoying himself throughout this whole special and I love the idea of him actually being like loving music because you know dad Peter Quill loves music that's it, it's kind of cute in that sense when I think like that well I guess Uncle Quill I guess like Rocket's the dad anyway point is Give us Game Boy. Cosmo brings Craglin a dead animal with a bow on it. Good good boy, good girl boy. Good good dog, Cosmo. I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure it is a girl, Cosmo. But it could be a boy dog with a female voice collar. Point is, good Cosmo. Uh, what does... Nebula, this is the best one. Nebula brings Rocket as a gift. Bucky's arm. Calling back to Infinity War. Oh, I'm going to... Was it Infinity War or an Endgame? One of those where it was like, oh, I'm going to get that arm. I think it was Infinity War he said that. So he got that arm. And now I want to know more. Because James Gunn on Twitter has confirmed, yeah, Nebula went to Earth and got Bucky's arm. I want to know what happened. Will we get reference to this in like Captain America 4 or Thunderbolts? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they never address it ever again. Nebula's just got one of Bucky's arms and Bucky never talks about it. Just, it's fantastic. I love it. Or maybe Bucky gave it up because it is the Wakandan arm. It's like the vibranium arm, and uh, we did find out that the Wakandans actually have a way of like deactivating his arm, which really hurt Bucky when that happened. He was so devastated when he found out they had like a kill switch in his arm. He just felt like like people that he thought trusted him didn't trust him anymore, or never did in the first place. That's sad. Anyway, point is, Nebula's got the arm, gives it to Rocket. Rocket is genuinely touched by this. It's, it's, it's kind of cute, like how Rocket is like genuinely... Oh, so, uh, Kevin Bacon calls Rocket a talking raccoon and Rocket launches at Kevin Bacon and Groot has to catch him because he's like, oh no, I know what's about to happen. Rocket like was like going to gouge Kevin Bacon's eyes out for calling him a raccoon because he doesn't like being called a raccoon. 
I love it. Love it. It's great. Um, Groot gives everyone dioramas that he made. It's They were really well-made dioramas too. I loved them. Um, but the best was Kraglin at the end where the dioramas were scenes from the special, like everyone, like the, you know, the first scene where they're all on top of the railing, a scene where Mantis and Drax are chasing Kevin Bacon, uh, a scene where, you know, Kevin Bacon is, I, I forgot what the fourth one was, but the final one was Kraglin with a diorama of himself opening the toy to get the diorama of Kraglin. So it's like a, a, a diorama of the eternal Kraglin, essentially amazing. It's great. All of this happens. They all give Kevin Bacon a giant hug. Nebula gets a great line. I guess not all actors are giant pieces of shit. I love how James Gunn has written a, hot, a script where actors have to say that all actors are terrible people. I like that. Uh, and it gets to the final crux of this where we find out that Yondu didn't actually kind of hate Christmas. He was just doing it to sort of act tough. And that Peter that year that Yondu broke up the Christmas tree and screamed, I hate Christmas. The, you know, he goes back for the Christmas gift that Peter got him. And it was like his first little weird knickknack thing. I forgot what he calls him. He calls him something in the first one. Like he's got a name for him, but there's cute little knickknacks like troll dolls and stuff that he keeps on the dashboard of his ship. And like that was the first one he got was this little green one. And he also left a present for Peter on that Christmas. Turns out that that year he got him the Elemental Blasters. So, yeah, that's pretty sweet. This is all, this stuff is all in the animation style again. And then Mantis tells Peter why she did all this. Because she was is his Peter's sister, and then Peter's like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" I like he's like, "That's the best Christmas gift of all," and they hug, and it's actually really sweet and like a very like just, just pure, wholesome, sweet way they hug, and then we get to see more animation of of Peter and Yondu being happy together, uh, just a little peer into that dysfunctional father son relationship that they had. And then it's the end. And the post credit scene is simply just a little throwaway gag where the Cosmo and uh, Rocket are putting decorations all over Groot. Uh, Groot is a tree, he's like T-posing, and then he just gives up and does this, and all the decorations fall off. And Rocket, and they're like, you've ruined Christmas again. And Rocket's like, I guess we need another special now. And it's like looking at the camera. It's like, okay, cool. That's fun. It's just fun. Like everything about this is fun. Like this whole Christmas special was amazing. Uh, and I, I can't, you know, I can't help but wonder like what the next special presentation Marvel has planned is. Cause like they did Halloween with Werewolf by Night and now they've done Christmas with Guardians. I really kind of hope that they keep up something. Like I don't need them to do like Easter specials or anything unless they want to and they got a really good idea behind it. But like I'd love like more Halloween specials. I'd love another Christmas special. Like just this stuff has worked. It's some of the best stuff that Phase 4 has given us. And this comes from like I loved Phase 4. Like I I'm not I'm I'm like there's a lot about Phase 4 that are like that's great. 
like Shang-Chi was amazing. Uh, no Way Home is one of my favorite movies of all time, possibly my favorite movie ever now. The more I go back to that, the more I like it. Um, I actually, like, I adored shows like Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. I really enjoyed She-Hulk. I even, like, I liked Eternals for what it's worth. I can see the flaws in that movie, but I actually liked Eternals quite a bit, right? Like, I like these movies. Uh, I like these shows. But these specials have been fantastic, and they're right up there at the top with Shang-Chi, with No Way Home. They're like the the, the peak, uh, and, and Wakanda Forever. Like They're like the peak of, of MCU uh, f- sort of like here at the moment for me um, with like things like, uh, I think, like WandaVision, Multiverse of Madness, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, Moon Knight. They're like a little bit under. Miss Marvel in there too. Like, like I, I don't know how I would rank Phase 4, but these specials are pretty high up, right? So, like, yeah, I've liked everything Phase 4. I've enjoyed everything Phase 4. Uh, or have loved and gotten very emotionally invested in things in Phase 4. But this this, this here is, 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 is at the top of that, which I guess is a high... Ooh, hello. <laughs> Ugh, breaking down the setup uh, out of excitement, uh, which I guess is like the... Uh, you know, the most, most important, you know, like there's, it's a good sign. It's like, I liked phase four a lot. This is at the top of that pile. This is at the top. This is the good of the good. So yeah, if you, for some reason, haven't watched it still, go watch it even with all those spoilers. Cause I didn't tell you all the jokes. I didn't tell you all the plot points really. I told you like the, the big deal, but go watch it. Go and watch it. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, you go watch that. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go to bed in a moment because it's uh, it's Wednesday night. It's like nearly midnight. It is midnight. Uh, I have to get up at like five in the morning. So in like five hours from when I'm recording this to go to Melbourne to go to a festival because it's festival week. It's that good thing. So that's what me and Sam have been talking about for like the last month now. That's I'm leaving tomorrow to get to Melbourne. So bags are packed. I've got all the things I need. I'm going to get like four hours sleep after I edit this and upload it. Cause I just haven't had time. Cause I've worked Monday to Wednesday and I'm flying out Thursday, uh, you know, festival Friday, flying back Saturday, dungeon, Mar- dungeons and dragons on Sunday. Uh, I am legitimately like, I, I do not get like a day, day off until like Monday. Realistically. It's okay. It's all good. I'm excited. I'm not complaining. I'm just going to be so tired tomorrow. <sighs> I'm tired now. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to call it there cuz I just put a bunch of frantic energy into like being like go watch the go watch the special. Go watch the Guardian special you you know, like go do it. Like it's good. Uh it's it's fantastic. If you like Guardians, if you like Guardians 2, if you just like the whole vibe they got, if you like eight James Gunn's work, if you just like Christmas, it's good dive into it have fun yeah so i've i've said in the past that i'm like really bad at like ending videos multiple times i don't know how to end videos i actually struggle to say goodbye sometimes like i feel like was that a good enough goodbye was that a strong enough goodbye i don't know i struggle with goodbyes uh so it's it's it only makes sense that i struggle with endings uh so i'm just literally just going to inch the mouse closer towards the stop button 
as I talk. And at any moment, I'm just going to press that stop button. It might cut off one of my sentences, uh, but it might not. Because I don't know when I'm going to click it. I'm just going to click it at random. Uh, but yeah, this is this has been fun. I hope you enjoyed our little talk. I hope you like my shirt. I like my shirt. It's a bit tight. It's a bit nipply uh, when I'm cold. Um, but yeah, uh, this has been this has been me. This has been Comic Thoughts. We're so close to our second year anniversary. Don't know what we're going to do with that. That's a thing that's happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also the uh, the, the Toy Fair vlog video that uh, I've been meaning to make is also you know going to be something I'll make when I get back from Melbourne. There's a few videos i got to make and actually work on when I get back from Melbourne. I just haven't had time. But there will be more videos going for the channel soon. All right. Bye now.